To listen to our weekly exclusive episodes, subscribe to our Substack at datologycoach.substack.com. Subscribers receive two weekly full-length podcast episodes, regular dating advice columns, and one monthly dating advice Zoom session held on the last Tuesday of every month. To subscribe, go to datologycoach.substack.com. Happy listening, and fuck that guy. How clever was the uh, title of that uh, of last week's episode, though? Thank you, text. I like Come that. On, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this next one is from Medium, and it's by the author, Melissa Alvarez. And the article is, Dating app users are avoidant and anxiously attached. Correct. <laughs> they, they sure are, Melissa. So she says, um, I deleted my apps for good after my ex and I were done, but still managed to meet organically right away. Actually, why did they work for a select few, but other people were in vicious cycles of downloading and deleting them? Why did so many women have the same stories of feeling bamboozled by casual men? Why were so many women not seeing red flags? Why did they find themselves in situationships? If these stories were so popular, did it have anything to do with the types of men and women on these apps? And before we go forward, the answer, that's a rhetorical question. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, Let's see. It turns out that women who have an anxious attachment style and men who have an avoidant attachment style are more likely to use dating apps than anyone else. Additionally, people who are rejection sensitive tend to use Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge as their only means of romantically socializing. Hmm. And she's basing this on a, on a study, on a study. And the quote is rejection sensitivity was the only dispositional variable predictive of use of online dating sites, whereby those higher in rejection sensitivity are more likely to use online dating sites than those lower in rejection sensitivity. Now I have to say, I'm going to pause there. That confuses me. Because I would think, just from the, all the stories that I hear, there's so much rejection in online dating. It sounds that way anecdotally, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm wondering, what are they saying that people are, are basically, they're, they're using it for the stimulation and the validation and and cutting things off before things get too, too real or too intimate, do you think? Too risky? Yeah, maybe. Yes. And, and I do, and I agree. I do think that a lot of people are doing that. And I do think I mean, that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, research, some research has found that people who cheat and get cheated on are more likely to be anxiously attached than any other attachment style. The study from Florida State University found that both individuals with attachment anxiety and the partners of those with attachment anxiety were more likely to be unfaithful in re- the relationships. And Yeah, we've heard this before. Well, we talked about this about a month ago. Yeah, it still doesn't, I don't know, it still doesn't seem true. (laughs) Well, the the thought behind this is people who are anxiously attached need more more reassurance. Yeah. So I can see where that's going. That's why when we talked about, you know, our avoidance more likely to cheat, you know, and I feel the same way about anxious. It comes down to character. Right. That's it. I guess it's the generalization. But I, it yeah, just I feels think, very stigmatizing for I'm not sure what reason. Yes, but I think if we were going to guess which is more predisposed to cheat, I could understand why thinking it's the anxiously attached person 
because they need conscious, uh, constant reassurance, but also because, and this goes the same for the avoidance, because they want to sabotage themselves. I, yes, I, I would have guessed avoidant, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> yes, I think avoidance cheat, if there's a connection between the attachment style and the cheating, I think it's self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that their way of they're getting, it's just getting too close, too serious, too real, the threat of potential rejection, the threat of potential hurt, because ultimately that's what avoidance are terrified of is rejection. And so they think, well, I need to control this. I need to control when I'm going to get hurt. So I'm going to decide when this relationship ends. So I'm going to do something to make this relationship end. Right. And then there's no rejection. And then there's no rejection because in their mind, it's their decision, which it is. It, It is. Okay, here's the right. It's important to understand that avoidant types and anxious types are attracted to each other. And then boom, situationship, true. Because we, uh, we, are, atta- we are attracted to those, you know, I'm an avoidant attached. I get, I, I, I'm avoidant. I tend to be attached. I tend to be attracted to unavailable people. Mm-hmm. And a- anxious people are, tend to be attracted to avoidance. Mm-hmm. So, and we do that because it, it reaffirms the negative thought patterns that we have. That's why we do that. We're, it's subconscious. It's not a choice. Have you ever thought about the attachment styles of the Sex of the City cast? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right. All right. Let's do this. I actually think um, Miranda's an avoidant. Okay. I think Samantha is a secure. Okay. I think Charlotte is an anxious. Okay. And I think. Carrie is a disorganized. Isn't that odd? They all they fit the well, four. One, one of four. Okay, yeah. One of, one of each. What do you think? Um, uh, Carrie was the one that was stumping me. Disorganized, and that's the one we never ever talk about either. Like we never talk about that attachment style. No one the does. One. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I I think that I'm now more not. I I think I probably started as disorganized and then went to avoidant. And it's that, it, and it's, let me tell you something. I mean, it's just a nightmare because you, it's exhausting because you're going back and forth and back and forth between really wanting that relationship and then, then getting it and being terrified of it. And it's just this continuous cycle. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely Carrie. Let's do the men now. Okay. All right. Um, Aiden is, Aiden, mm-hmm. hmm. hold on. I don't know. I, it's We're- not not toxic. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs> you know, let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember when I said I'd rather end up with Dick than Aiden, and you were like appalled. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> no, what? See, because I'm not, people are going to say, "Well, Aiden was secure." I don't think so. Disagree. Think- Hard pass on Aiden. Aiden was not a secure attachment style. I think anxious you know who's secure harry yes harry secure uh steve man i don't know i i i don't know i I don't know burger he was just a fucking mess we didn't yeah we didn't get enough time with him (laughs) if i had to guess i would say avoidant um i kept wanting burger to come back and you know what if we're gonna keep making movies, I hope Burger does come back. Bring back Burger. If you're doing yeah. a second season, bring back, bring back Burger. Bring back Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, now, BBB. Bring back 
Berger. Yeah. I would like to see because he was that quintessential man child, right? Huh. He was that guy. I would like to see. And believe it or not, Steve, Steve kind of gets the the man child. I don't think so. Reputation. I, 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 but maybe that's Miranda's projection. I think that's Miranda's projection. Uh, yeah, because he never really, like, didn't have it together. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, she she had to work through her own stuff about the fact that she was a lawyer and he was a bartender. Yeah. He was very happy doing what he was doing. And it seemed right. like. And eventually he owned together. a business. So, right. I mean, he. Right. He, like, he had it together. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean. I, you know, here, here we go. Like, big is an obvious avoidant, mm-hmm. uh, obvious avoidant. Harry and Steve, I think, were more secure. Uh, Aiden, um, disorganized. Yeah, I would have said maybe big is disorganized. Because, like, when he's in, he's in. When he's in, he's in. You know, but when he's out. He's still kind of in, just in case. <laughs> just in case he changes his mind again. Again. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Disorganized. All right, I see you. I see you, my friend. I do. I agree. I see that. Okay, so he's disorganized. Uh, what's Aiden, his favorite? I, w- I would call anxious. Okay. He okay. just he needs a lot of reassurance. But don't you think? Not in the beginning, he didn't. Mm. Although wait, he was he was moving pretty fast. He wanted her to move meet his parents in like two months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, all right, all right. I, I, all right. So Aiden's anxious. Um, what's his face? Let's say Burger's the avoidant. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. We're, I mean, it, it tracks. Yeah, and then <laughs> even Steve, though I would have liked more time with him, Steve and Harry are secure. I think so. I think so. Well. We, oh, did we did that. We did that. We just came <laughs> off the cuff. That was very, very good. Okay, back to the article. It's important to understand that avoidance and anxious types are attracted to each other. The person who's anxiously attached doesn't have any boundaries to stop themselves from diving headfirst into a relationship that does not meet their needs. Let me qualify something here. It's not that they don't have boundaries. It's that they lack impulse control. So they do have boundaries, like they can have a boundary, but that lack of impulse control makes it very hard for them to, uh, uh, what's the word, like maintain their boundaries. Well, what is a boundary if it's not enforced? Uh, A wish. So this is a very like if a tree falls (laughs) and no one's around to hear it kind of question. We need an ethicist. (laughs) (laughs) Call back. Um, the person who is avoided like this that likes this dynamic too because it takes the pressure off of them to exert more energy than they can give. The anxious type is giving too much while the avoidant type is giving very little. Yes, the anxious person will likely want the other person to know they like them and to elicit interest and attraction. The anxious person will want to know that the avoidant person finds them interesting and desirable. The avoidant person will not at all mind this because it takes the pressure off of them to self-disclose. Um, you know what? I'm going to disagree again. Well, I'm, I'm disagreeing. I think maybe, maybe in the semantics of this, maybe, um, I think that somebody who is in need of conscious, constant reassurance, it's it to avoidant people. That's not good. That's not great, Bob. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's a lot. It's you know mm-hmm. that constant pressure of tell me how much you care, tell me how much you care, because all that does is really trigger them. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm speaking from my own experience. It triggers. I'm just them. thinking about Aiden. <laughs> just thinking about Aiden. Uh, and okay, the anxious burden will not at all mind because it takes the pressure off of them to self-disclose, and they don't have to work as hard. Instead of talking about themselves or working as hard to drive the conversation, the avoidant person may show interest by asking questions. Huh. Okay. You know, that's an interesting, that's a very interesting point. And I wanted to, to point something out about avoidance. Uh, and I pointed out in that scene in Goodwill Hunting when he's with What's-His-Face, Robin Williams, the first time that they meet. And neither one of them are sitting down. They're both standing up because they're both trying to maintain control in the dynamic. And Will, he's going around the room and he's, you know, picking at things to see how Robin Williams reacts. And when he finally gets to the man in the boat and he makes the correlation between Robin Williams and the guy in the boat, who's just sort of like, he's lost and, you know, things are dark. And he says, he makes the, you know, he says something that refers to the wife stepping out on him and Robin Williams immediately reacts. Will turns and he's got this really slight, very slight little smirk that said, I, I got him. This is it. This is the thing that I know that I can constantly use to keep him at arm's length. And uh, so when avoidance asks a lot of questions, it usually is when I, you know what, I'll, I'll say this for me. I'll speak for me. Uh, I would ask a lot of questions so that I could figure out what could I use as what, what could I use against them? What could I, what could, how can I figure out what their pressure points are? So, okay. Okay. That's just my, that's just my, uh, <laughs> there. Uh, you've been warned everyone. Warned people. <laughs> um, as an anxious attachment type, it's, type, it's very easy to misread signals. Our interactions always have patterns. If you're dating and keeping the same result, you have to change your own behavioral patterns. Not only that, you need to accept the pattern itself. For example, instead of complaining that everyone wants to casually date, realize that it's you who's limiting your dating pool to casual men. I could not agree with this more. Hmm. I don't get to say this because it's always not you telling women to pick better men. No, that isn't what I'm saying. I'm saying these patterns that we that we form, they tend to dictate who we are drawn to, who we're attracted to. I don't think it's not a conscious choice. It's it's our it's our brain, it's our neural pathways that are gravitating towards certain types of people. Mm-hmm. And so identifying the pattern is what's and being able to say, "Oh, I keep doing this." And um, and, and to kind of taking ownership of it rather than deflecting is what's going to help you fix that path. Yeah. My two cents. The types of people who are attracted to them are people who are unaware of their unhealthy dating patterns. 100% yes. And that is the problem. And I have to say that this, I think that's a big, I've really, I'm, I'm drained by TikTok. I'm, it's overwhelming the, the, the amount of, let me tell you about my bad date. No, I don't want to hear about all your bad dates because you are not recognizing this pattern. It's weird how there's like a common feature of right. all of them. Right. <laughs> right. Hmm. And so it's frustrating because like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that, 
But at the same time, I, I just, I can't listen to it because it just, there's such a lack of self-awareness there. Yeah, listen to it. Cause it's just like, it's, it's just so overdone. Right. To me. And it just feels overdone. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. How many times? I don't know. <laughs> we can't all keep doing the same things over and over again, both no. in dating and like in our, our online presence, and yep. try to try to make a go of being Carrie Bradshaw. You know. Right. Right. And and that really where, where is what this stems from. You know. So. Yeah. Prior or more. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess what I meant when I said like, does it matter which is which? Is like early on if you see either. And it bothers you. That's all you need to know. Right. But I think, you know, (laughs) right. But I think with someone who's a love bomber, that's when you cut bait really fast. With somebody who's anxious or even avoidant, because the avoidant might seem very interested and then they're going to cut things off. They go from hot to cold. You know, and that is like. And if that is right, if that's upsetting to you, like, I don't know. I think that's all you need to know. Yes, but I think that there are some cases where it's worth pursuing, but you're going to have to tell, how do I tell the difference? And again, I am always going to say what I, what I, what I always say, set a boundary. Well, how do you tell the difference? And also like, where's, where is the line between you tolerating something that uh, they should be working on (laughs) versus Mm -hmm. like, them taking advantage of your tolerance and not working on it right but we all have this stuff we all have these quirks we all quirks some people have quirks mm-hmm. well you know, when yeah, it, when i guess i'm just saying like it, it needn't be this hard like you, you just need to find somebody whose quirks you like yes you know don't yes. make you feel bad that's it go back to the goodwill hunting reference um you need to you know does it what's what's important is that she's or what matters is that she's perfect for you that they're yeah. perfect for you right. uh, and i will say one way to you know set an expectation set a boundary and see what they do with it because those are two things that i think are really really important that we overlook and don't understand what you know someone who meets an expectation and someone who doesn't meet an expectation what those what that says about them in you know individually someone who meets an expectation you know, they, they value their time. They value their time. They are a good listener. You know, they uh, are empathetic and want to make you happy. You know, someone who doesn't meet an expectation probably just doesn't care or they're sabotaging the, the relationship or, you know what I mean? So yeah. expect, set an expectation, set a boundary. That's that's one way to start being able to, to tell the difference between avoiding an anxious or toxic and narcissistic Hmm. all right all right all right uh we've got what they call a segue sarah would you like to uh, yeah okay a couple years ago i had a guy who showed a lot of interest in me and we texted for a while and set up a date but he ended up ghosting me later on he came back i asked him why he ghosted me and he said something along the lines of i was scared of liking you too much well, then he ghosted me again, and then he came back again, <laughs> and I ignored him. But I always wondered what he really meant by that. So, as we've said in previous shows, men aren't self-aware enough to know when their feelings hurt them. 
I mean, I, I don't think they would be scared of a feeling. No, I don't. Especially a good feeling, like, right. oh, I, I like a person. Right. And I think... Make it guys, make sense. Right. I think when guys say stuff like that, it's just a distraction. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, it's an attempt at being endearing, but also, like, setting setting the bar really low. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, just so you know, uh, I'm a toxic person. So yes. We're going to see more of this. Absolutely. That's, an inter- that's interesting. Like, what are other ways that men try to set the bar low in a way that they think is endearing. Oh, I'm just really socially awkward and shy. <laughs> like that guy we, we talked about last week. Who yeah. was just such an absolute toolbox. <laughs> we went on a five hour date and he was like, Oh, I'm just really socially awkward. Bitch, you were on a five hour date. <laughs> How would you make conversation for five hours with a stranger? Right. Right. If you were socially awkward, you're not socially awkward. You're just trying to buy more time, be endearing, set the bar low. Yeah. Yeah. To, ex- to excuse future bad behavior. Right. And right. that's the only reason to set the bar low. They are literally saying like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to make this difficult. Yeah. It's the, it's the, uh, what about the, um, the fear of intimacy? Is this, this is the fear of intimacy guy? Is that the, that, that guy we're talking about? Uh, the the guy last week just went, I don't know, he went on a five hour date, said he was socially awkward. Um, this guy sounds like the fear of intimacy guy. It's, yeah, yeah, that's the I'm other thing. I'm scared I like you too much. I think guy. any anytime they say something that, that uh, implies that they're introspective and self-aware, uh, if they don't show other signs of introspection and self-awareness, they're set, they're setting the bar really low. I mean, it's just that classic velociraptor move. <laughs> Put in the nice. They've learned in the, they've learned the basic language of therapy. Right. <laughs> they've learned how to open the door. That's it. <laughs> but you're the little boy. Or well, the once little they're in the room, they certainly can't put a meal together. <laughs> the velociraptor's in the kitchen. That's it. <laughs> Don't expect dinner. You might get cheese and crackers at most. Okay, so you've been chomping at the bit to talk about this TikTok that I sent you. And it's from a, a creator yeah. called uh, named Dayton Farris, D-A-Y-T-O-N-F-A-R-R-I-S forever. And he's talking about an article entitled The Rise of Lonely Single Men. Talk about this article, The Rise of Lonely Single Men and why it kind of makes me sad. It's basically saying that, uh, I'll read it, dating opportunities for heterosexual men are diminishing as relationship standards rise. That's inferring that the relationship standards are only rising on the female side, right? So what else is it inferring? That all men are just kind of assholes and, uh, you know, are rude and, and can't keep up with this? What I think is important about this is is kind of noting the fact, like take me for example, I am just now in a healthy relationship and it's taken me almost 40 years to get there. And I was raised around i have a lot of sisters my parents are still married i was raised around healthy relationship but i admit and i admit this in couples therapy all the time i am not as familiar with what makes a relationship worthwhile what makes a relationship good it's it's not that i don't want it it's just that i don't i don't know what the things are so if i don't know then most men probably don't know so the question is how do we get men 
and women or people that want to be in relationships, how do we get them on the same page? How do we get people's ideas and expectations to match? Because I promise you that men don't want to be lonely and single forever. Men want to be in happy relationships, but a lot of us don't know how. Do you want to uh, take this off? I mean, I just, I'm, I'm in awe of this. Yes, King, give us absolutely nothing. That's it. Okay, guys, get the Master Online Dating Online courses. Write the best dating profile ever, where we're going to talk about how to present yourself in a way that makes you emotionally available, what words to use or what words to look for to see if somebody else is emotionally available, how to set up that bio, the importance of prompts, uh, picture choice, all kinds of things, and, and red flags to avoid. And we have the Master Online Dating, which gives you the Master Online Dating Online course, teaches you how to write messages that get responses, teaches you how to avoid scammers, how to avoid abusers, uh, common red flags, and teaches you about um, things to look for like that we don't typically consider, meaning like lag time in response to a message, um, or the, you know how to salvage a really like awkward conversation. Mm. Just go to my site, click online, click courses, follow us on Instagram at datologypod, follow me on Instagram at the Kristen M T H E C H R I S T A N M. Follow me on TikTok at Datology Coach. And if you go to my site, you can follow me on YouTube. Let's try and migrate to YouTube a little bit. Submit your questions. We love your questions. You can send them to me via email, hello at datologycoach.com. You can send me your profile for review on TikTok at hello at datologycoach.com. Uh, that's it, I believe, Sarah. Anything you want to add? Nothing? I mean, by all means, do not send us gifts. <laughs> Whatever you do, no gifts. Very penetrative. Blah, blah, blah. Penetrative. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.